Hey everyone, I'm Chad Grills, the CEO and founder of Mission.org, and welcome to Investing Week here on Mission Daily. Thanks for listening, and today's episode is brought to you by us at Mission.org. If you're not getting our newsletter yet, you need to. It's incredible, it's curated with love, kindness, and care by our incredible team here at The Mission. Sign up at Mission.org, and we'll see you on the inside. Hey everyone, I'm Chad Grills and I'm joined by Stephanie Bostols. How are you? I'm so, so good. I'm really excited. It is a beautiful day here. It's raining a little bit. The sun's peeking out. I think there's probably a rainbow somewhere outside. There definitely is. It's been raining probably for, what do you think, seven days straight now? Yeah. My poor plants. They're like, ah, saturated. Yeah, it is the rainy season to the max here in California. Today we're talking about investing and we're going to be talking about that all week long on investing week. So for most of you who are listeners, you know that we're starting to do theme weeks of Mission Daily. I'm super excited about this for a number of reasons, but the first one is it allows us to deliver more value to you. So topics like investing are of critical, critical importance in our life. And sadly, many of us are kept from this type of knowledge until we are much, much older or until we're tricked into a trap of getting into a mortgage we can't afford or until we buy some sort of like graduate level education and then we're in debt for you know decades basically and we're left powerless. We are left without knowledge. And if you think that K through 12 has set you up for investing success, I mean, I don't think that there's anybody out there that honestly believes public education or private education is training people in the skills of investing, creating value. Uh, I just don't think anybody believes that anymore. And this week is about helping train you and arm you with the vocabulary, the skills, the mindsets, the thought experiments, and most importantly, the questions you need to make better investments in yourself, in your family and friends, in your colleagues, in your work life, in your own business or whatever business you work for. And then finally, we're going to round out the week with questions for investors. So this is uh, really, really important to me because when people approach investment, when they get to that point in their life or their business or their career where they feel they're ready to approach angel investors or venture capitalists or really anybody, or maybe as a small business owner, you're thinking about doing a joint venture with the other dry cleaner or the other store or restaurant that is across town or across the state These are questions you need to think about and you need partners in the world. So often when we think of wealth creation and investing, there's this fantasy that is very, very pervasive online of the solo entrepreneur, of the lifestyle entrepreneur. All the people that make it in those endeavors have teams. Nature teaches us many things. Evolution teaches us even more. And among them, solo acts, practices, people, species doesn't work out. There aren't any species that exist in extreme isolation. Evolution is a collaborative game. You need to come together with a group of people who can help you or you can help them. And the sum total of your parts and your efforts is something that you couldn't replicate individually. And sadly, the myth of the solopreneur and a lot of this like, you know, single person startup, it works in a lot of ways. But it's only working because of how screwed up our current economic system is. Society's broken. Culture is broken around wealth creation. And it can be very tempting to go off on your own 
and do your own thing, start your own business, that leaves you more vulnerable than ever. I think in the, you know, in the field of creativity, the example that pops into my mind very quickly is that of a writer. So this is something we talk about offline here at the mission a lot, which is many creatives have been exploited throughout history, but I would argue that maybe none more so than the writer, the writer who gets a large check and then is forced to isolate themselves until they complete that creative work. If we look at the creative works that have survived the longest, they're a result of collaboration with dozens, dozens of individuals. It is never a single person effort. So I guess smashing that myth first and foremost is the key to getting into investing week and basically creating a week of content for you that is way more valuable than any MBA or any online course around capital allocation and investing. Yeah, and I think what's really great about this week, that's a great summary to start, but why I'm really excited about this week is that every day can apply to someone different. So every day might not you know, fit everyone. However, sure. we're going to have a certain piece each day that could tackle, maybe you're you know, at, a, at a business, you're working at a company and you're like, well, how is this going to apply to me? Maybe you are a founder of a company or you have a small company or a huge company and like it could apply to you there. Maybe you don't have any of that and you're just looking for ways to invest in yourself and, you know, the friends around you and the family and stuff. So every day it'll probably connect with someone in some way. That's yeah. why I'm really excited because it's very applicable to a lot a very large audience. Yeah, I, I am, too. And even if some of these examples don't directly map to you, they will map to somebody else in your life. Yeah. Uh, and you can share those examples and those stories with them. All right. So let's jump into it. First and foremost, I have to give credit where credit is due. This week was inspired by a book called The Outsiders, written by William Thorndike. And The Outsiders is a book about basically seven different, or I should say eight different CEOs who were the best capital allocators of all time. So capital allocation is basically the amount and percentage of compounded annual return that a CEO is able to generate for shareholders. You know, when I say that, it can sound like, well, uh, you know, how's that relate to me? You're the CEO of your life. You are, to the extent you choose, a sovereign individual and you can interact with the world and other people and you can form partnerships with your friends, with your family. And if you think that those type of partnerships are not a business type relationship, well, I, I mean, I would dispute that. I would say that your time is very, very valuable resource. It's perhaps the most valuable resource that you have. So when you allocate your time, you are effectively allocating your capital. You are effectively determining your future based on how you choose to spend your time. So the similarities here abound. And the first episode, today's episode, what we're going to be talking about is just investing in yourself. So throughout the course of the week, we'll start to get back into business and everything but first and foremost, I want all of our listeners to start thinking of their time and how they spend it as a very, very important critical investment. Because you haven't appropriately valued it in the past doesn't mean that it's too late. And I think it's something that, you know, there's the graduation speech that David Foster Wallace gives where he tells the story of two fish and it's basically like we're swimming in water and we don't even recognize it. Well, you're swimming in time and you don't even recognize the value of it. You don't recognize how valuable it could be. It's something and I say that as somebody who hasn't recognized that for a lot of my life. And now as I start to realize just how valuable 
a single decision, a single business deal can be, or a single vacation. You let's you know keep it focused on investing in yourself. A single vacation can provide you with the space you need for creativity. It can provide you a vantage point to see the challenges, to see the struggles in your own life. And you don't need a lot of money to have the type of vacation where you see this. Your vacation doesn't need to be Instagram material. Your vacation doesn't need to look like anyone else. And Steph, you and I used to take vacations all the time that were super, super cheap when we first met, when we didn't have a lot of money. And those vacations are what got us thinking about how do we get more of the right books? How do we think about starting a business? How do we make better decisions with our current employer? A lot of the strategies that led to many of the different jobs you had were thought about on vacation and during when we took time out to strategize on how do we allocate our time better? How do we allocate our skills better? And that yeah, I was, was just thinking about it. It was flooding like all back. Nine years ago. Yeah. Nine years ago, all the little trips we would go on. I mean, they were very small, like going into the woods on a hike and setting down a picnic blanket and just being with each other and talking and strategizing, going to the beach for a day, walking on the boardwalk and just sitting down and reading for a bit and then writing goals. Like I remember we were always writing in notebooks about what we wanted to do, where we were getting and just those little acts of taking time for ourselves, for us together to figure out what we wanted to do next was probably the best thing we ever did to get us where we are today. Yeah. And when you have that time, when you do take those breaks, it's crucial that you not have guilt in your mind and that you don't have a sense of I'm being lazy. The second that those thoughts arise, you have to get them out of your mind. So how do you get them out of your mind? Because I think this is something you have kind of struggled with. I mean, you're the CEO of the mission. You always have people asking you for stuff. You always have things that need to get done. Your list is huge. Every time I look at it, it's very overwhelming. And I've seen you struggle with, you know, not being able to let yourself do the things you need to do to invest in yourself until recently where all of a sudden I see a big change in you for doing that. So how did you get past that idea of like guilt or like I need to be doing this or that? Like, how do you get past that? It's just recognizing how much pain you're in when you are in a state where you're worried about things, where you feel guilty. Because one of the things that I've really, really struggled with personal capital allocation and investing in myself was feeling like I'm not worthy of this investment, that I need to invest the money into other people, other things, uh, my family. And sometimes that's true, but many times it's not. And many times you might be not only your harshest critic, but you might be your harshest taskmaster. And at a certain point that becomes unsustainable. So it's very important to oscillate between being incredibly, incredibly hard on yourself and then incredibly forgiving. So taking a step back when you have some time where you, you just can't have the thoughts and the worries of tomorrow and of the next day on your mind. So take one day off basically and practice during that day, not worrying about the past, not worrying about the future, just thinking about how are you allocating your time right now? How do you spend it? So smartphones have basically pressures from the government have started to get smartphone manufacturers to tell how much screen time you're spending. So a lot of you will recognize, okay, I'm starting to get a weekly report on my screen time if I have an Apple device and a lot of social networks are, are doing the same. So that's maybe a first step, having an objective observer tell you how you are allocating your time. So maybe not objective, but you get the point. And so getting that 
help from the outside of how do you spend your time? Don't trust yourself. So trust yourself, but not too much and get somebody else to give you perspective on how you're actually spending your time. And then when you do get to take a day off, think during that day, what am I doing? Is it giving me energy? And how could I start to deploy money into reducing stress, reducing pain, fixing your cycle? And let's just be honest, all of us have psychological baggage. All of us would do well to hire a trained professional to help us get rid of some of those areas where we get triggered, where we've had traumas or pain or hurt in the past around certain subjects, certain topics. If you can address those and invest money into getting help to take the fear and take the pain away of those circumstances. Maybe you had a bad experience in the past with a relationship where the two of you tried to collaborate on something. You lost a bunch of money. You blamed each other. It ended really badly. Maybe you had a a friendship where that happened. So you're going to have a lot of pain associated around investing, around coming together on a joint venture. If you do, one of the best places that you can invest your current capital and your current time right now is addressing that trauma and healing it and finding a trained professional who can help you heal the fear you have around that association. Because if all of the times in the past where you made a move to put money back into yourself, maybe you decided to, and this can sound utterly trivial, but it's not, maybe you decided to start shopping at Whole Foods and the response you got from your friends and family was Whole Foods, more like Whole Paycheck. Uh, like I, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've, I've heard that and people complaining about the cost of groceries and things like that. Cashiers have, have poked fun at me. Other people have poked fun at me. Other people have you know made fun of the fact like, oh, you're living you're living in a basement apartment and you are buying a lot of like food and like nice, you're basically yeah. like investing yourself I'm in living off ramen. Why would you be, this is back when we were in DC, Chad and I lived in a basement apartment. Um, yes. And yeah, we would still buy, you know, organic things, nice food, healthy food. And people would definitely be like a lot of early founders <laughs> or, you know, startup people, they eat ramen their whole life, or, you know, for many years. <laughs> your biology is your biggest capital asset. (laughs) And if you're not treating it like the, I mean, there's incalculable value in your body, in your brain, in your physiology. You have to treat it with respect. Your body is the most complicated, one of the most complicated things in the universe. And your brain literally is the most complicated thing in the entire universe. Scientists haven't found anything that even comes close. So why are you putting poison in your body? Why are you poisoning yourself? Why are you hanging around people that think it's uh, foolish for you to spend a lot of money into the things that are going to not just affect you, but if you want to be successful in a biological sense and have children and build a family and build a happy, healthy family, why would you make sacrifices and destroy your biology today? You're going to be passing your genes or the genes that you turn on through epigenetics onto the next generation. Why are you going to be punishing them because you wanted to have an Instagram worthy vacation and spend all your money? Or are you going to choose to invest that money into better food, healthier food that gives you more energy, that doesn't make you feel sluggish, that maybe because like the better the food you invest in, the better the workouts you get, the more you get out into the sun, the more you take care of those simple things the better all of your subsequent decisions are going to be. Yeah, but more, once you're at that point too, you yeah. have to be able to be 
in the moment while you're there, while you've, you know, so we do step one, have outsiders help you figure out what you're doing or where you're spending your time. Step two is then you analyzing that as well and figuring out what can I do different and picking those actions, picking those ways, or maybe first is contemplating and coming up with a list. And then step three is figuring out how you can invest that time, money to get you to that next step. And then the fourth one I think is actually just being in the moment when you choose it. I think that's the hardest point. I mean, if you get all the way to step four, that's the hardest part is saying, okay, I've chosen this now. And if I am, you know, going onto the beach to read for four hours to come up with notes around this, to write my new book, to start my new podcast, to do whatever it is, you actually have to be there. And I think that's the hardest thing that a lot of people struggle with is they all try and multitask. I mean, even with me, I'll get home to, to Grayson and I have all these ideas in my head of what needs to get done for the mission today. And I've started to realize multitasking is not good for me. I can't try and do both. I'm either you know, going to hang out with our son and really be in the moment with him and playing with his blocks and reading to him, or I'm going to be out in the studio and very much like working really hard, knowing that, you know, I'm taking the time here away from him, but I'm really putting in all my effort and it's not a waste. And I think getting into that mindset and not having, for me, at least mom guilt when it comes to choosing the things that I need to do, just making sure I actually do it and I'm not floundering. And then it makes me feel a little bit less bad about, you know, maybe being away from you, being away from Grayson, not being outside and having fun during those, like, you know, that hour or so really just being in it will make, it at least makes me feel better when I come out of it, knowing that I didn't waste that time. I spent it in a way that made it worth being away from you, being away from Grayson or, you know, just getting in the right mindset, I think is key. Wise words. So multitasking is the equivalent of an index strategy and investing or a portfolio strategy that is too broad. The cliche, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket or the, oh, I'll just invest in the S&P 500. That's fine. You're definitely going to do a lot of, a lot better than amateur stock pickers, but you will never, ever, ever generate the type of returns that are going to enable you to create wealth. It just won't happen. You can hoard your entire life with that strategy and you can multitask in your personal life and you can take an approach where you always keep two dozen opportunities for friendships or careers open. You can try to have, you know, more, 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 or you can alternatively concentrate on a very few select opportunities that are almost magical. That's what you need to be looking for in your own life. You need to find the people, the places, and the ways that you can invest your time where it feels magical. A great idea to do this and succeed in it is to get to a place where there are minimal distractions from the outside world. So you need to take a break from Wi-Fi. The second you log on to any type of social media or any type of computer or social network, there are thousands and thousands of people, I know we've talked about this before, who are being paid to distract you and divert your energies and divert your time. The step that you need to take and whether you want to repeat this to yourself every single day, whether you want to repeat it to yourself right now after the episode is, my time is important. My life is valuable. Your life and your decisions today have to be the most important thing in your universe. It is because until you treat it like that, until you treat your time like the most important thing you know, you have to start doing that because otherwise you're just selling your time and your energy for peanuts to cults of celebrity, cults of random people that you don't know, that you're never going to meet. Don't do that. Invest your time, your energy, and your focus into yourself and into your decisions today. And also know that it'll uplift everyone around you as you do that. 
the better you get, you know, when you start the workouts, when you start the meditations or whatever it is that you choose to do that makes you feel better, makes you act better, it's going to uplift everyone around you, your family, your friends, your kids. It's yeah. Help yourself first and then everyone else around you will benefit. Definitely. And you don't want the mindset where you're going into the gym or into a massage or personal training session or the grocery store or the yoga class or the public speaking training where you're thinking, oh man, I'm just going to quit this. Like uh, everybody around me, like this is so lame. There's nobody here I want to connect with. It's a waste of time. You can't treat it like that. You have to have the mindset that you don't know what's there. This could be the start of a 365 day streak where you do this activity and you become incredible at it. It could be that or you could just brush it off and think, oh, I, you know, I did this once. I tried it. Didn't work. Don't do that. Treat every new thing you do as that's the starting point of a decade, a decade long pursuit and obsession. Take it seriously. You are serious. You matter. And investing in yourself is about keeping that mindset at the forefront of your mind and only associating to the extent of your abilities with other people who think the same about themselves. And that is how you're going to be able to form a team, a collaborative effort of people who are, you know, when they get together, it's exponential value creation. It's not linear. It's not a bunch of people who get together to complain. It's a bunch of people who get together, who take their time really seriously, and they demand that of themselves. They demand that of other people. That's a fun thing to be a part of. And I wish that for you more than anything. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap up. So what are we talking about in next episode? So investing today we talked about investing in yourself. It's the first episode this week. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about investing in your family and friends. We touched on a little bit today, but there are more strategies there. We're going to run down the five ways to deploy capital from the outsiders and then take the business speak and turn it into personal speak. After that, we're going to talk about investing in your colleagues, at your work, in your business. And then we're going into part one of questions for investors and then part two of questions for investors to round out the week. All right, cool. We will see you you all tomorrow. Mission.org is a media company with a daily newsletter, network of podcasts, and brand studio designed to accelerate learning. Head to mission.org to get award-winning podcasts like The Mission Daily, The Story, IT Visionaries, Education Trends, Marketing Trends, Future of Cities, and more. Mission Studios has worked with companies like Salesforce, Twilio, and Katera to create custom media channels that drive results. Make sure to subscribe to the Mission's daily newsletter at mission.org. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.